Hello, welcome again to the Mark Thrays podcast. Listen to your host, Mark Thrays, tonight. I've been doing a lot of research around the Arthurian myth, Cam- Camelot and Guinevere and Arthur, Merlin and Morgana, and particularly, this really developed around, yeah, around the time I first began this podcast channel in 2020, when I'd watched the movie King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, a number of times, and something within it was continually connecting, yeah, really just connected with my soul, I kept getting drawn to it, and this was a movie with Charlie Hunnam, and Eric Banner, and an Australian actor, and along with Jude Law, and, and particularly the figure of the high priestess energy, the, the mage, and how the mage was this guide to Arthur on his journey, this Morgana type figure, and Arthur was in effect kind of going war to war against himself, the two parts of himself, which was symbolized by Uther and, and Vortigen, Vortigen's an uncle. And I just kept getting inspired by it. I just couldn't stop watching this movie and I was watching it over and over again. And it's taken on greater meaning over time. And it, it was interesting that King Arthur was one of the first books I read as a child. It, it was so, this story that's deeply embedded in our consciousness. And I feel de- definitely a part of my DNA coding. And what I'm feeling tonight is this kind of, this great change in consciousness, uh, a translation code of my body that has been building for some time where literally the Arthurian stories around fighting and warriors and, and rescue of a queen were all these indicators of worth. And really, the 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 ability to prove one's worth was on on besting another knight or proving one's value on um, over another and, and having to rescue. And I feel what's been happening at some time and around this story and connected more recently into Excalibur, which was a, another version of the Arthurian legend. Is I've just really been letting go of the the need to fight and to prove worth and and this space of grail consciousness is in effect a metaphor for Christ consciousness it's something really interesting for me also that I feel I've also you know gone deep, deep, deep diving into the works of Neville Goddard and scripting your own reality and literally that you know, living the wish fulfilled and imagination creates reality from that space, a conditional reality, one geared around fighting, effort, and proving, which really creates the, the, the traumatic reality that we're encouraged to believe. But at the same time, it's also what makes the game interesting. At first, the ability to transmute it, to come into this reality, heavily geared to fighting and proving. And, and, the, and the restoration of Arthur eventually on the Isle of Avalon, on the Isle of Apples. It's this metaphor that he does literally give his sword up. He returns the sword to the lake, to the land, to the, to the earth mother. Um, and he's healed in these wounds through literally giving up the need to fight. And this is somewhat what I'm feeling even tonight, where I've, I've been researching a lot around this lately. And this is a, it's connected over a number of type. Obviously, uh, if you've come across my YouTube channel, I've been talking about Arthur Merlin for some time. 
and really beginning to sense more that the, the truth, the kind of two faces of the one theatre. At the same time, Morgana, the fairy energy is very much another face of, of Gwynedd, uh, even means in, like the white shadow or the white witch in some traditions. And so I'm seeing that these are traditions and even Merlin itself. Merlin, I'm, I'm kind of just been discovering more lately, connecting with shamanic journeying and shamanic traditions and the uh, connecting with the, the land of Ireland that I lived in Ireland. I, and I either lived right near the, the castle where, <laughs> where um, Arthur first meets Guinevere, which is where it was filmed in Ireland, small little town called Care in, in Tipperary. And there's a very much a connection with Merlin and that land, and I'm finding more and more about it that there's a there's a figure called um Matta, yeah, Matta Widen in the Welsh tradition on the Manon, who literally means of the sea, and the Merlin tradition is that Merlin's even believed at some level more than just a, a, a mage or a counsellor to Arthur. He's literally mean he comes from the the the. the the god Moridunus or Moridun, which means of the sea, that Mananan is literally one of the figures and one of the godhead to them. He's a, Merlin's playing out all the parts, but Merlin is kind of that Christ consciousness figure that I even linked to in my third book, Falling and Dying. And when I'm realizing that Merlin's kind of like our I am higher conscious, having us play all the parts, that we are in effect Merlin and Jesus. Uh, Arthur Guinevere and, and Mary Magdalene and, it, and, and it's really what helps the, the, the story the myth and the ability to go into it and then ultimately kind of retranslate the characters by becoming more accountable around our own emotions and feelings to literally we embody the king queen aspects through letting go of this need to polarise anything that we literally stop casting the bad guy or the bad curl and we literally see that all of the reality is ultimately what we're dreaming it to be. And this is what I'm, I'm feeling tonight, having researched a bit more around Mordred, or Vortigen is the bad guy in the, in the Guy Ritchie movie that I was watching last year, put up in 2020. Uh, and that was Vortigen is the, the brother of Uther in this tradition that Guy Ritchie's done. And, and even in more recently, the one I have been watching that was set in our know, island, in the small town where I live, without knowing that Mordred was the kind of the guy that got the bad rap along with Morgana. But what I'm understanding more lately, even the researching from the space of mythology is often... Uh, Rather than taking it literally, like what Neville Goddard talks about in the Bible, you can literally apply the same type of teaching that Neville Goddard talks about with the Bible and, and the symbolism of the Bible to kind of teaching the promise, the awakening, the Christ consciousness journey, is you can apply it to anything really in the, in the traditions of Avalon and Camelot and the Fisher King and Percival and, and Mordred and Arthur and Guinevere. Merlin and Morgana that ultimately embody the space of awakened Christ consciousness, the Christ as a truth consciousness, a, a cosmic magical consciousness where we literally are dreaming the reality from our subconscious mind. And it's like you wake up to the illusion of needing to prove or fight against another, particularly a double or a son or a daughter, a twin energy 
which is symbolized in these stories, when you stop fighting the twin, you literally embody the, the shadow and the light. You see that you are both shadow and light, and hence there's nothing really shadow to be ashamed of. You, you retranslate the, the definition of meaning you gave around the shadow to embody a being of light. And that's that golden body, and that's interestingly connected the gold of the cults and the gold of Avalon and the, the, the traditions around either living a highest conscious reality that ultimately by seeing ourselves in all others we stop casting the others as a as a good or bad person so this is what I'm feeling around Mordred and even Mordred gets a bad rap in the well, he has in the material I've been drawn to in the more recent they talk about the Maori, the medieval, post-medieval traditions. But interestingly, I've, I've been doing a lot more research around this recently and uncovering a little bit more of that pre-generally Monmouth tradition where he kind of popularised the Arthurian tradition on the Christian, credible Christian of Crédit de Troyes, uh, the, the southern France region of, I think, Aquitaine or Occitan, who, who really romanticized the, the the Arthurian tradition and that's what popularized it it's so it's basically been giving a, a this king queen makeover and all in the the popular western traditions and which is me in australia was a kind of having a, a predominantly an irish and scottish ancestry have been drawn to but what i'm actually finding is that earlier pre-monument tradition is that the traditions around Arthur and Mordred, they're actually quite contrasting to given the, the later makeovers. And, and this space, Mordred, is not necessarily the, the bad person he's made out to be. And then even Arthur and Mordred are somewhat symbolised in other characters. So they're, they're given somewhat of different storylines or different motifs to suit the times. And Mordred, in this tradition, is actually embodying aspects of characters that, that don't necessarily reflect him. That Mordred as the son or the nephew or whatever he represents was also like a someone of a twin of Arthur, like a, a kind of a, a parallel to Lancelot. But then ultimately, given these storylines around Lancelot and Guinevere and all this fighting and testing, but ultimately it's it's Arthur's kind of fighting against himself as a one character and in his whole reality and casting his own shadow and his need to prove and then ultimately creating good governance but having his, his own wound is what leads to the restoration of the kingdom but the, it's no longer an external kingdom it's an inner kingdom within that is basically being understood from the awakened perspective so this is what I'm feeling in, in how to apply this teaching and I, I feel like I can maybe go into it in a further in a lengthy podcast, particularly what I researched a lot when I was living in Ireland and I didn't even know anything about, <laughs> it's funny, I didn't know this town was connected to the Arthurian myth until, uh, yeah, well after I'd already been living there for a few months and it wasn't until I actually got back to Australia that I, I researched it a lot more and found out even more about this tradition. I know they recently watched the movie where it was actually set in this small little town about 40 years ago the movie was filmed. But what I'm finding in connection with the Arthurian myth and the awakening journey, which I'm talking about today, it, it is like what Neville Goddard talks about with the, the embodiment of Jesus and, and the promise is literally we stop needing to fight reality when we see that reality is a reflection of our own 
perception. And while there might everything might seem initially so real in this external, these external living factors that are kind of connected to the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind and all others, and hence because when we're blended into this community of, of a kind of a lot of this yeah this this warring type mentality that trying to find worth it's never confusing at first but the more light we seemingly let into our reality through paradoxically almost accepting the shadow that we're not trying to fight the subconscious or resist anymore we're more willing to see beyond our own minds and and often we stop trying to fight to prove worth we we give up the sword to the the lady of the lake we we embrace the body the feminine which is this big message is coming through in the in the wisdom of that one is when we embody that more feminine energy we paradoxically become more of the king queen and ultimately to be a king queen is to create our own conscious reality that's that's what i'm feeling and it, it's to stop casting out bad guys to ultimately be of greater value and service to the reality so it, it's just interesting motif that i'm finding at the moment that i'm wreath yeah, I'm kind of, not so much re-reflecting, it's like I'm reconsidering all, all the, the relationships and the, and the belief systems I've had around a lot of what I thought reality to be so fixed and finite and, and true, but it's only really true from the perception of conscious I emanated at. And even from that perspective, there's nothing really good or bad, it's only the mind that makes it so, and, and the situation, the people, and everything will what it pronounces as good or bad right or wrong and even to embody the space of a victim to prove worth ultimately to see, see from another perspective the people that we thought were enemies or perpetrators ultimately quite often the ones who actually help us create the, the most substantial steps of raising consciousness so I feel if there's a message for the episode tonight and what I'm uh, you might be listening to it during the day, but I feel related to all the episodes I've been talking about lately and connected with the work of, of Falling and Dying, my third book, is you literally, as you are letting more light into your reality and you actually stop being so attached to external reality, you're embodying higher conscious, you're using the, the yeah, the platform of the of the, the fool's journey of the awakening through stepping into highest magical reality. The more you embody this magical state, the, the more magical reality seems to be. And the funny thing that happens to this is you literally will keep being provided with like content like what I've been with the the, the information around the Arthurian myth. But any type of relationships and situations where it was so traditionally it was so easy to put them into the, the dualistic three-dimensional reality percep- percep- yeah, perception or perspectives of good or bad, right or wrong, but even not just the Arthurian stuff, but other content I've been drawn to watch lately and I've been talking about on this podcast channel, a lot of the people that were so easily identified as the bad guy, I'm seeing a lot more grey. And the good guys, you again, a lot more grey. There's not really a good or a bad guy. And and ultimately, the, the, and I'm using the, that as a... Obviously, that applies to women as well, but it's more of a, a term, a good or bad guy. But And even connected with that, the, 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 the good guy and the bad guy, the, the way they re- relate... Their goodness or their supposed badness is connected with how much they embody that equal aspect of the feminine. That even someone who's 
like literally fighting and looking for bad guys to fight or rescue. They're kind of, they're cut off. They're literally enslaved to this necessary belief system around worth is deemed in the external. But ultimately, the, the magician state or the sorcerer state, the one who's sovereign, is beyond fighting. They live in a different perception of reality. Thanks again for listening. This is a bit of a different one tonight, but something that's really been emerging. Um, as I mean, researching a lot more about Camelot and Avalon and embodying a reality that's ultimately non-dualistic. Bye for now.